welcome you to today's episode of Bible News Radio. You guys like that new opening my husband spent like all day yesterday working on and part of today. I hope you like it. And I want to welcome you back to Bible News Radio. Hey, you know what? We're back. And we're back. I, I don't know if I want to say we're back with a vengeance, but but we are we are back for a brand new midweek show. We're going to be doing this show two hours. And at the end of the first hour, we're going to stop this stream and then we're going to relaunch for the second hour. All right. So that way the shows are shorter on YouTube. And uh, so I want to say thank you for joining us today. We're, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. I got a whole list of stuff right here that like we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about that pray away documentary yeah we are we're gonna talk about afghanistan what's going on there anybody heard of a vaccine (laughs) we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about the t-mobile breach which uh you may or may not be impacted by and we have a little interesting headlines but we're gonna do this from a biblical perspective so i hope you get your bible okay because today we're gonna we're gonna open it up that's what this show is bible news and then live streaming radio whatever you want to call it all right and gotta tell you if you uh, don't know who we are i am stacy lynn harp you can see that there on the screen if you're listening to our audio you probably already know my voice don't you <laughs> my co-host is my husband randall who i lovingly refer to as bareface he's the guy that does all the stuff to make this look pretty uh, and he's my handsome, hunky husband of 29 years. We just had a 29th wedding anniversary a couple of days ago. And I'm so... I'm obviously a lot closer to the camera than... Yeah, you are. And you're handsome and hunky. You're pretty good looking yourself. Yeah, you are. <laughs> well, I mean... You are. Well, you made me who I am. So you want to come back here and tell people a little bit about who you are? I'm sure we got some new people tuning in for the first time. So we've, we've, we should introduce ourselves to the new people. Well, hello, Randall K. Harp. I was born at a very young age um, <laughs> and have lived uh, more than five decades. Yeah, he I'm, has. Uh, He's gotten a, older. I'm a person of many many passions and um you know a disciple of yeshua and your co-host and sidekick he's my co-host and sidekick in life god couldn't have given me a better one and i see tracy over there so i am i am gonna go ahead here and check on here we're one of the things we're trying to do is uh just let you know that we see you if we see you okay i'm gonna go ahead and change that there there we go all right, so if you're new, one of the things that I want to tell you is that we are not your normal, quote, so-called Christian media, okay? And I want to just tell you that right up front, because here's the thing. People are like, ooh, you laugh too much on your show. And, ooh, you talk about all these, like, serious topics, but you're always laughing or blah, blah, whatever. <clears throat> I've gotten that criticism. I've done this show for 17 years, okay? 17 years, we've kept an audience because I am not like other people, okay? In fact, what I'm going to tell you is what makes us different is that we actually incorporate the Bible into the show all the time. Um, And we do it right, not wrong. (laughs) I am not going to prophesy over you. I'm not going to prophesy that the world is coming to an end or um, I'm not going to, you know, advocate for some false 
prophet or whoever. We're going to look at the unadulterated, the perfected word of God in light of what's going on today. I am not a prophet. I've had people call me a prophet. I am not a prophet. I am the president of a nonprofit, actually. <laughs> See, that's that's what I'm telling you right there. That's that's one of the ways I make jokes. OK, so I think that's funny. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> if, if you're new to the show, also, and let you know, um, my background is as a marriage and family therapist. I know, right? You're like, what the heck? Why are you doing this show? Ugh. Well, because God called me out of it, actually. God called me out of the, the counseling field, probably for a good reason, probably because people that are stuck irritate me. And I wouldn't have been a super great therapist. I'm a great coach which I also offer. Uh, but I ended up getting involved in doing this type of thing in online media because when I was in graduate school uh, in 2001 to 2005, earning my master's, um, I was blogging and I ended up having this guy contact me and to make a very long story short, um, he, he, he invited me to the National Religious Broadcasters Convention to meet him and to kind of get to know a little bit about the media world. Well, way back then in 2004 and five, um, blogging was brand new. Now here it is almost 20 years later, not quite, but close to it. And the world has changed upside down. When we first started blogging all those years ago, um, we had free speech now, not so much, right? In fact, if you're seeing me on YouTube or Facebook, you're one of the few that they will let see the show. Uh, we we have to put ad dollars behind the show, which we will be doing in order for us to get seen anywhere. It used to be that we would, you know, have this massive audience, but things have changed. And the church is being systematically silenced. Why God called me and Randall into this, I have no clue, except to say that there's been fruit from it. Uh, we've been obedient. God has blessed what we do. If you're if you're one of our friends that you've met met us through social media, then then you kind of know that, and you know that we're way more than what we do on this show. Um, <clears throat> so I want to let you know that uh, we do have a website, BibleNewsRadio.com. It will be updated eventually. We it's almost we almost have our brand new site up, which will outlay uh, four of the things that we really are focusing on here, which would be the show, Bible News Radio, which you're watching, which would be Bible Reading Accountability, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, which is also Bible Studies, which I'm actually doing one right after the show at 3 o'clock p.m. Central Time. If you want to join me on Zoom, let me know. Uh, my Psalm 119 study will be doing that right after the show, two hours after the show is over. And then of co coaching, if you're somebody that needs some help from a biblical perspective, then I would be more than happy to tell you what I charge and then help you out. <laughs> so we, we do all that and more. You know, I, I love people. I love the church. Uh, I love the Bible. And what I'm going to tell you is that what we're going to see in the news today is something that, um, you know, that that a lot of people don't know. So the first topic of the hour is pray away. That is the first topic. So how Randall and I got kind of involved with the homosexual topic is that we are invited by uh, the Christian, um, no, that's not right, Traditional Values Coalition when we lived in California. 
many years ago to attend a GLSEN conference. GLSEN stands for the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. We went to this conference, headed up by them, and they um, are a group of homosexual activists who um, are indoctrinating children. And this was way back in the early 2000s that we did this, by the way. We saw the truth about what was going on with that lobby. We brought it back to the church. We've been talking about this stuff for a long time. I'm an expert on this topic. In fact, if you go to my YouTube channel, I have a whole series called The Marketing of Homosexuality to America that you can look at. I think it's eight or nine hours long, broken down into one hour videos, where I use a book called After the Ball, which was written by two homosexuals uh, who wanted to market homosexuality to America. And they did it. And you're like, what does this have to do with anything? Why pray away? Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, do you have the trailer for that? I gave it to you. Yes, I do. Okay, so let's go ahead. We're just going to play the trailer from Netflix so you can see what this is about. And then we're going to talk about it a little bit uh, from a decidedly biblical perspective. I'm not going to attack anybody in this trailer, but what I am going to tell you is the truth behind it. Because most people who are like still subscribing to Netflix, why, I don't know, but... Um, they don't know. So here we go with the trailer for Pray Away. I was active in the gay community for 13 years. I was in it for six years, then struggled for five years before finding true freedom. It was 13 years for me. Four for me. We both walked away from it. I personally came out of the homosexual lifestyle. And we're just saying that if you want to change, there is a way to do it. I spent a lot of time thinking. How did I believe that? We were the leaders of the ex-gay movement. We believed that something must have happened to make you gay. Parents are learning about a program called Exodus, which claims to convert gays. We were promoting an idealized version of life. Gay people could be saved. I became a figurehead for this movement. My role was to get the message out. Homosexuality was changeable. I ached to be loved and to love a man. I went to my first Exodus conference when I was 17 years old. I remember feeling like this is the path to be good. It was awful pseudo-psychology. I started having panic attacks, the same-sex attractions. Those never went away. We had guys that attempted suicide because they felt guilty that they couldn't change. I'm looking at you. How does it feel to be broken as The voice inside me said, how could you do that to your own people? There are new people taking up the torch. I live transgender, and, and I left everything to follow the Lord. There's so much shame. We're killing ourselves by not embracing who God created us to be. straight now you're not a gay person who fights with yourself every day right 
Um, yeah, I'm kind of teared up from that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that will be the other thing you learn about me. If you watch this show, I'm going to feel. Here's why. Because those people that that are highlighted in that that movie are so deceived. They are so deceived. And you know, we have a mandate here in the word of God, right? I'm going to tell you something, you know, um, and, and this is why I want to tie this in to Leviticus. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the Levitical law. But first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this Prayway thing on, on Netflix. First of all, it was funded by people who advocate the lie that homosexuality is unchangeable okay the guy behind the movie was given millions hundreds of millions of dollars to produce this thing the the people in that movie that were in the trailer randy thomas yvette cantu um john polk were all genuine leaders way back in the day uh of what they refer to as the ex-gay movement Okay. They were. They, they work for ministries like Focus on the Family, Family Research Council, um, stuff like that. By the way, I used to work at Focus on the Family many years ago, and I actually volunteered for Concerned Women for America, pretty much every Christian right organization under the sun. I've had my hands in, and I know somebody in it, right? What these guys are advocating in that film <clears throat> is that if you are homosexual or a lesbian or transgender, person that struggles with these issues that you cannot change you can't change they they're advocating and they're promoting a lie that says that if you struggle with same-sex attraction in any way you can't change that makes me so sad you know as i tear up here because most of the research out there shows that the people who struggle with these issues have been sexually abused in some way, right? And I would argue today, and this is my background as a marriage counselor, by the way, I would, I would argue today that children who struggle with this issue, if they have been indoctrinated by the media for the last 30 years, maybe even close to 50, but I'd say 30, then they have been indoctrinated into the belief that homosexuality is normal and natural and that if you're feeling this way, you can't change, right? Well, the God I know, Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, uh, he is a God that transforms lives and he changes lives and he gives us a way of escape. And I could go into the whole history of the American Psychological Association, how that used to be, um, you know, it used to be a diagnosis that homosexuality was a mental disorder, blah, blah, and how the gay activist community behind door, closed doors got that taken out. I've done all that in my series, The Marketing of Homosexuality to America. Just, re, just, just watch that, okay? 
Here's something, though, that I want to share with you. And I and I really want you to pay attention to this, okay? So listen up. If you're not paying attention, just put down whatever you are because I want to share this with you. If you go into Leviticus chapter 18, okay, we're going to look at a couple of... Um, I'm going to do a little overview, okay? And actually, today I'm in the Christian Standard Bible Rantle because <laughs> I, I have my... I have the one I've been reading through, but it doesn't matter. It, it will work in that version too. Um, but le- let me explain something. Okay. The, the, Levi- the book of Leviticus, nobody likes to read because it's Leviticus. It's all about the law, right? It, it's all about the rules that God gave to his people. Okay. So he gave, you know, the law to his people, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, um, and the reason why, and this is a total oversimplification. So if you're one of my precept friends and you know this way better than me, don't be yelling at me later, okay? Just saying. Um, the bottom line here is that he gave his people, he gave Moses, right, this law, and they were supposed to be obedient to the Levitical law. Now, here's the thing, though. What made the Hebrews different is that they were God's chosen people. The Israelites were God's chosen people. God didn't want them to practice the pagan things that that they did in other nations. He didn't want them to practice um, all these horrible things, which I'm going to read some of them, not all of them, uh, that the Egyptians did. Uh, you know, uh, he he wanted them to be separate, to be holy. That's what actually to be holy means. It means to be separate. The called out ones, okay. So in here, in chapter eighteen, and you'll you'll hear the homosexual community bagging on the Bible all the time. They try to twist it, which we'll get to that in a minute with this whole pray away thing. But first thing is in Leviticus eighteen, it la- it lays out these pagan practices. Like in verse six, it says, "You are not to come near any close relative for sexual intercourse." Um, I am the Lord. You are not to violate the intimacy that belongs to your father and your mother. She is your mother. You must not have sexual intercourse with her. Okay. And then it, and then it, in verse nine, I'm going to jump down through this. It says, you're not to have sexual intercourse with your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's, whether born at home or born elsewhere. And then in verse 10, you are not to have sexual intercourse with your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter. Uh, and then in verse 13, uh, you are not to have sexual intercourse with your mother's sister, for she's your mother's close relative. And anyway, this goes down here. This whole list goes down here, right? Um, and then it says here um, in verse 17, which I'm having a hard time seeing my page here. Uh, you are not to have sexual intercourse with a woman and her daughter. You are not to marry her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter and have sex with her. They are close relatives. It is depraved. You are not to marry a woman as a rival to her sister and have sexual intercourse with her during her sister's lifetime. Uh, you are not to approach a woman during her menstrual impurity to have sexual intercourse with her. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your neighbor's wife defiling yourself and her. You are not, I love verse 21, you are not to sacrifice any of your children in the fire to Moloch. Do not profane the name of the Lord your God. I am the Lord. Okay, so let's talk about that just for a second. (sighs) Interesting that we got child sacrifice in the midst of 
all of this sexual perversion that God is telling Moses to tell to his people, the Hebrews, don't do this stuff. Do not do this. Don't do this. All the other nations are doing this. Egypt is doing it. Don't do it. Oh, and by the way, don't be sacrificing that child either to Moloch. All right. Now, I heard this from Pastor J.D. Farag. One of the things he was talking about when he taught on this, this series a number of years ago, he talked about how they put the the ashes or the bones of the babies into the walls of the actual houses that these guys lived in as a way to bring a so-called blessing on the inhabitants of the home. So in that culture, they offered, they literally offered up their children to Moloch, a god, a, this false god, a demon god, basically, um, which would be today's equivalent of abortion, right? Okay. Now, in verse um, 22 of Leviticus 18, it says, You are not to sleep with a man as with a woman. It is detestable. You are not to have sexual intercourse with any animal defiling yourself with it. A woman is not to pre present herself to an animal to mate with it. It's a perversion. Do not defile yourselves by any of these practices for the nations I am driving out before you have defiled themselves by all these things. Okay. And then if you go ahead and jump down to verse 28, which it says, if you defile the land, it will vomit you out as it vomited out the nations that were before you. Okay. And then in verse 30, you must keep my instruction to not do any of the detestable customs that were practiced before you so that you do not defile yourselves by them. I am the Lord, your God. Okay, so you have God, the, the Hebrew God, who is the Hebrew God of the Jews, right? Israel's people giving Moses specific directions about sex and sexual relations. Okay, now, this isn't mandated for us today as Americans or wherever you're watching this. But what I can tell you is that there are very good principles to follow here. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, there's a whole lot of what not to do here sexually. And uh, because God loves you, right? Don't do any of this because God loves you. Okay. Now, if you keep reading Leviticus, and this is where the gay activists don't like to talk about it, and nobody else does either, but if you read chapter 19 of Leviticus, then God gives his people the laws of holiness, okay? He basically tells them, here's some more stuff to do. This is to make you holy. And, um, you know, and please don't do this, right? I mean, he talks about, you know, how to plant things don't interbreed your your livestock don't don't mix your garments made of material and this is you know the gay activists like to use that to mock people but in the end here in verse 23 um it says here um when you come into the land and plant any kind of tree for food you are to consider the f the fruit forbidden it will be forbidden to you for three years 
it is not to be eaten. In the fourth year, all its fruit is to be consecrated as a praise offering to the Lord. But in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit. In this way, its yield will increase for you, for you. I am the Lord your God. You are not to eat anything with blood in it. You are not to practice divination or witchcraft. This is like the new age movement of the day. You are not to cut off the hair at the sides of your head or mar the edge of your beard. You are to not make uh, gashes on your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Do not debase your daughter by making her a prostitute or the land will be prostituted and filled with depravity. Keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Okay. Anyway, he goes on. He talks more about this. He's given these guys specific instructions on how to be holy, how to be set apart. There's a parallel to us in the 21st century as followers of Jesus. Jesus told us how to be holy, how to be set apart, and that's to be obedient to him. Well, okay. So you go back to chapter 20 then of Leviticus, and this is where I'm drawing my parallel here. This whole chapter is about the consequence of the sin, right? Now, in the the Christian Standard Bible, the heading that the editor put in there is Moloch worship and spiritism. It begins this way. The Lord spoke to Moses, say to the Israelites, any Israelite or alien residing in Israel who gives any of his children to Moloch must be put to death. The people of the country are to stone him. I will turn him against the man and cut him off from the people because he gave off spring to Moloch defiling my sanctuary and profaning my holy name. Um, And then he talks more about Moloch. um, And then if you go down and you read verses 9 through, I'm trying to see this, 21, 9 through 21, he gives specific directions about sex and the consequence. Okay, now listen to this. Okay, I'm just going to read some of this. Um, If anyone curses his father or mother, he must be put to death. He has cursed his father or mother. His his death is his own fault. By the way, this is repeated a lot. If a man commits adultery with a married woman, if he commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. If a man sleeps with his father's wife, he has violated the the intimacy that belongs to his father. Both of them must be put to death. Their Their death is their own fault. If a man sleeps with his daughter-in-law, both of them must be put to death. They have acted perversely. Their death is their own fault. If a man sleeps with a man as with a woman, they have both committed a detestable act. They must be put to death. Their death is their own fault. If a man marries a woman and her and her mother is, is depraved, both he and they must be burned so that there will be no depravity among you. And actually, one of the things that J.D. Frog brings out in that, he actually talks, talks about how they literally go crazy. Literally, go mad, right? Verse 15, if a man has sexual intercourse with an animal, he must be put to death. You are also to kill the animal, which I feel so bad for the animal. Of course, the animal, you know, is an animal, but whatever. Anyway, if a woman approaches any animal and mates with it, you are to kill the woman and the animal. They must be put to death. Their death is their own fault. If a man marries his sister, whether his father's daughter or his mother's daughter, and they have sexual relations, it is a disgrace. They are to be cut off publicly from their people. Okay, notice that death wasn't required for that one. So there are levels of degrees of breaking this law, by the way. 
Um, he has had sexual intercourse with his sister. He will bear his iniquity. If a man sleeps with a menstruating woman and has sexual intercourse with her, he has exposed the source of her flow and she has uncovered the source of her blood. Both of them will be cut off from their people. You must not have sexual intercourse with your mother's sister or your father's sister, for it is exposing one's own blood relative. Both people will bear their iniquity. If a man sleeps with his aunt, he has violated the intimacy that belongs to his uncle. They will bear the fruit of their guilt and die childless. If a man marries his brother's wife, it is impurity. He has violated the intimacy that he belongs to his brother. They will be childless. All right, so... And then there's a lot more, okay? I encourage you to read these two chapters, the three chapters, really. Um, and he talks about the holiness of the land. Bottom line here, and there is a point to all of this, is that <clears throat> our culture today has advocated for the god of Moloch, right? So the god of Moloch was a sexually deviant, perverted God, just like the Ashtoreth and, and, and the sexual deviant God of sexual perversion all over the place. Homosexuality falls under that category, as do all that other stuff. In fact, did you notice one thing missing? If you didn't catch it, let me tell you what it was. The one thing that God never prohibited was sex between a man and a woman who were married. Okay? Now, I know that there are people out there in the world who are like, oh my gosh, you're so boring. You're the, yeah. you've been married for 29 years to one guy. How could you get through life with just one sex partner your whole life, right? And I'm like, uh, well, because <laughs> I was obedient to God's word. And because of that, I don't have a sexually transmitted disease like over one third of the population has. It's probably closer to half the population that actually has a sexually transmitted disease. My point here is that we have a competing worldview with Moloch, right? We have the God of Israel, who is, by the way, our God. I am the Lord your God. Yes, this was written specifically to the Jews, but we're grafted in as Christians. So we serve the holy God, so we should do what the holy God tells us to do and advocate on his behalf. Now, you want to know what creates problems is when somebody has been sexually violated and sexually abused, whether it's pornography, actual incest, rape, you name it, right? And there's a whole bunch that we, we look there. If you have been violated in that way, <clears throat> this is what God has showed me, and I'm going to uh, hopefully make this understandable because... I know it in my head what I want to say, but so we'll see if I can say it clearly. I happen to be a person that was uh, offered up to Moloch as a, as a little girl because my uncle molested me. My great uncle molested me. He also molested my mother, I believe, but she was an adult when stuff happened. Okay, so we have incest in my family. Not a good thing, by the way. Incest is wicked. Okay. It is an act of Moloch. It's an act of worship to the God of Moloch. To Satan, okay? I'm just going to put it that way. Moloch is Satan, okay? So the act of incest, the act of rape, the act of anything sexually impure, pornography, child sacrifice, child abuse, sexually in any way, is worship to the devil, right? 
we just read it here in the Bible. Now, a lot of people don't want to bring the Bible into Bible, you know, into Bible Christianity because, well, God forbid, literally, you know, we don't want to hear what God had to say about it. But he told his people not to do it. Why? Because it's going to bring them to death. They're bringing their death upon themselves. Uh, if you read Romans chapter one, which Pastor Jack Hibbs has done an outstanding uh, message on, messages on, it's called Behind the Veil or Behind the Mask. <clears throat> and I encourage you highly to go to Jack Hibbs, uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and watch that Romans series. Um, he actually takes apart Romans one, which in a sense, in, in some ways, is a counterpart to Leviticus. Uh, which, by the way, these are passages the gay activist community doesn't want anybody to read uh, because how dare they? Oh, how dare they say this? Well, I don't give a, you know what, about <laughs> about what the gay activists want me to read or don't read in God's word. This is God's word. God said it. I believe it. We should do it. And, and if we do it, we're blessed. Right? But here's the thing. If you were somebody who, like me, who was sexually abused or raped or, or assaulted or, or a victim of pornography, I've had most of that happen to me, um, then the enemy has marred you severely because whether it happened if you were a Christian or before you were a Christian, when I was, it was before I was a Christian, the devil hates you, period. He hates you. He hates you. Even if you're not a Christian, he hates you, right? Because you are made in God's image. The image of God is in all humanity. That's why homosexuality is such an abomination as all this other stuff is. But in particular, homosexuality, the way that it's being promoted in our culture is an abomination. It's detestable. The consequence in the Old Testament was death. Why? Because they wanted to rid the, the land of it. Well, America's, you know... We're filled with it, okay? And going, getting back to this pray away thing, the irony about this, and you can go to YouTube and you can watch other broadcasters who've talked about this. I would encourage you to go to my friend Stephen uh, Black's website, stephenblack.org, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But he, <clears throat> he actually did some shows, uh, and he is a former homosexual, um, on this with his staff at First Stone Ministries that they minister to this. But, you know, there was another guy who came out of the homosexual lifestyle on YouTube, and I can't think of his name. But one of the things he was talking about was, you know, the irony is that these people in this Pray Away movie are saying that you can't change. And yet, <clears throat> the irony is, pay attention. Pay attention to me. Okay. L. Okay. Lesbian. Gay. LG, B, bisexual, okay, it's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, huh. Now, in the last couple of years, we've had the transgender movement, like, rampant, right? Okay, and being transgender is, is less than 1% of the population. <clears throat> and yet, the irony is, in the pray away, they're saying, well, you can't change. It, once, once you're gay, you're always gay. You can't change no matter what. This is proof. These 10 people or however many are in the movie. You know, we are the ultimate proof that nobody can change. And yet, I could say, I am a man. Yeah, I am. I don't feel like a woman that God put me in this body. God made a mistake. He, I am really a man. And so therefore, 
I want to change my body because I am super duper actually a man inside and I want my I want my body that God messed up to match what I believe I am as a man so I should go and get my head examined by a psychologist who agrees with me which is what they do and then they will refer me to a doctor who will willingly give me body and mind-altering drugs hormones so that I can change my voice I can change how I look. They'll do surgery on me. They'll give me some testicles that I don't currently have. Somehow they will make me a man because all of a sudden in the transgender world, I can change. Okay? Because gender is fluid. Right. Because gender is fluid. This is from the pit of hell, people. It is from the the pit of the abyss of hell. Right? And I weep for John Polk. I weep for these people. Randy Thomas, who is gone way off rails. I weep for these people because their destruction will be their own fault, to quote the Bible. Their death will be their own fault. Now, here, here's the other thing I have to tell you. Um, and Stephen Black did an excellent job on this. So I think, Randall, if you want to pull up his, his web page that I gave you, the Perverting Grace one. Yeah. Okay. Now, this was written in 2016, and this, this whole thing, I'm, not, I'm trying not to go into too many, you know, things. Um, but if you scroll up, scroll down or whatever. Um, part of the perversion of grace is that... There are people out there, in particular, I guess there's this pastor by the name of Clark Witten, um, who, be, who, who started indoctrinating Alan Chambers, who, by the way, has absolutely no business ever being the president of Exodus International. He is a homosexual man married to a woman who adopted children, and he is the one, him and Randy Thomas, who brought this Exodus International down, but whatever. They believe the following... And um, Stephen took a lot of time to put this out here so that you can understand what the liberal, unbiblical, hyper-grace preaching so-called Christian pastors out there are teaching, right? Now, and, and, and this is sad because the first thing on here is, that they have said is that you do not need to confess your sins any longer to God because First John 1, 9 is not written to Christians. Oh, really? Okay, well, in the first place, first of all, you need to look at the context of 1 John 1, 9, and I use this all the time because this is a an apologetic, um, which you need to know. In fact, Randall, why don't we do this really fast, if you don't mind. <clears throat> Bringing up 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to look at this so that you know how to give a reason for what you believe here. Um, and I'll use the 95 version for this because I, I don't have that open in my Bible. Okay, let me uh, get to it. Okay. In the meantime, I will read this from the New American Standard 1995 version. It says here, um, What was from the beginning... 
what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may, may be made complete. This is the message we have heard from him, that's Jesus, and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, Okay, so gay Christian, so-called, they say they have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness. Okay, we lie and do not ha- and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, like they do in the gay activist community, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Okay. Hey, just so you know, the gospel is not for wimps, right? I mean, reading the word of God isn't, it's not designed to make you comfortable, just so you know. (laughs) <clears throat> you know, there's a lot in God's word that I wish wasn't there because I, I, you know, I personally would like to sin more and have it be okay, <laughs> you know, but it's laid out for our love, for our protection because God loves us. And when you have a heresy going around the world and saying that homosexuality and being gay and you can act out in this way, blah, blah, God blesses it, etc. That is such a load of crap that, I I mean, it stinks to high heaven, to put it bluntly, right? It is a lie when these people are saying that God can't change people. Now, let me get back to the abuse issue, okay? And this is important because this is never talked about, okay? It, I mean, it is rarely talked about. And this is where my heart breaks because as somebody who has had to deal with the effects of sexual abuse on my life for the last 40 years, actually probably a little bit longer than that. I was young. I can tell you it is not easy to recover. It is not easy to deal with the effects of being sexually abused and violated. Anybody that tells you it is, is full of crap. Okay. We live in a world that advocates devil worship by advocating all this sexual abuse in the world. When you're watching adultery on TV, that is sexual abuse. When you're watching incest and child pornography and you're, you're watching all this stuff go on, you are watching people being abused. Some of it, most of it is willing. To the child, it's not though. And I'm going to tell you, God can heal you, but it, in most cases, it's not an overnight healing, Right? And that's why drug, drug abuse is rampant. That's why prostitution is rampant. That's why you got domestic violence. That's why you have abortion. All of this stuff is tied into that, right? And the people who are advocating, you know, you could pray away or whatever, and they're 
they're basically lying what everything was about saying well we can't change you might not be able to change the temptation because that's not a sin it's not a sin to be tempted right i mean i'm tempted to eat chocolate every day uh it's not a sin if i eat chocolate but it's not a sin to be tempted to, to be tempted when you cave to the temptation that's the sin and that's what they're saying well you can never change it's a lie. People change all the time. Stephen Black has the survey that he did that shows it. Anne Polk, who used to be married to John, the one in that thing, uh, she's changed. She heads up an organization called the Restored Hope Network, which, by the way, they have a conference you can go to and you can listen to people who have changed and hear their testimonies. And hopefully soon I'll be getting some of these people on the show to talk more and to share their testimony. I'm going to tell you something, though. It hurts to, cha to change, right? Change hurts. And I'm not just talking from sexual abuse and stuff. I'm talking in general, right? How many of you have struggled with your weight your whole life like me? Man, it sucks to have to change what I eat because if I don't, then I'm going to be fatter. You know what I mean? Change hurts. It sucks. It's hard, and it's especially hard when you do it in your own strength, which is why God doesn't change us. He transforms us and he calls us to a life of transformation. And the way he transforms us is by the renewing of our mind, right? And if you read Romans chapter 12, uh, one and two in particular says that, you know, if you offer up your body as a living sacrifice, going back to the Levitical law, if you go back and you read the book of Leviticus, it talks about the different sacrifices that they had to offer up. Well, we as believers are a living sacrifice, right? We're alive. We make a willing choice to sacrifice the temptation or whatever it is that hinders us, right? So we offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing unto God, which is our spiritual act of worship. And then he says to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Why? So that we can prove what God's good, perfect and acceptable will is. Now, the Greek actually talks about the word transformed, it is a continual process to be continually transformed. God has given us instructions in the word here on how to transform our mind, right? Here's the thing. It's difficult to transform your mind because you've got to take some action and do some work, like trying to memorize some scripture, right? I talk about this all the time. I know people get sick of me doing this, but I'm going to keep talking about it because it's the answer. Um, the more garbage you put in your mind, the more garbage you're going to have in your mind. If you're, you know, on a diet of 24-7 Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, whatever, whoever you listen to that's all secular all the time, let's, hey, like, let's depress the, you to death, you know, and scare the crap out of you, um, then that's your mindset is going to be that way. If you're meditating on God's word day, night, afternoon, morning, noon, and night all the time, then you're going to have a sound mind because God's word says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. 
I grant you the, you know, our current culture has a whole lot of people with no sound thinking and not a sound mind. It's a culture of fear we're living in. And if we're going to get any impact for Jesus in this culture, then we need to meditate on God's word day and night. We need to study it. We need to memorize it. We need to study it. We need to memorize it. We need to read it. We need to study it. We need to memorize it. God told us to. And yet, how many of you do, right? It's hard because it takes effort. It's not going to happen overnight. And the devil knows it. It's way easier to turn on the TV and get indoctrinated with the sexual lust, love, money, hunger, all the greed, crap, all that stuff that the Moloch is showing you every day on the TV. It's so much easier to sit back and eat some Doritos and watch General Hospital or whatever it is you watch. And you're getting filled with Moloch all the time. You're not getting filled with Jesus. You're getting filled with the devil's stuff. Um, and you got to stop it, right? Because Afghanistan is in the news right now, okay? And yes, this is a hard left. <clears throat> and we will continue this into next hour. So Christian persecution, those of you who are new to the show and you don't know, I used to write the Christian persecution blog for the Voice of the Martyrs, which is the largest ministry to the persecuted church in the world. Um, and I wrote about Christian persecution for eight years, every day, for five days a week. Okay. I learned a little bit about what happens to the Christians all over the world. Um, the LGBT lobby is one part of coming after the church to silence the church on this issue. If you don't think that, that uh, Christians haven't been persecuted because they've stood up to the LGBT lobby and, and the advocacy of that group, in America, then I don't know where you've been because there's been lots of people that have. Um, <clears throat> and their ultimate goal is to silence the church. They've already banned therapy. Um, their ultimate goal, even in this pray away thing, they're one of the things they're talking about was how they ultimately want to silence the church. Now I'm a, a trained marriage and family therapist. I didn't get licensed because I knew that in the field, they were going to tell me I couldn't help somebody who was struggling. And so all the people that I know of personally who actually help people who don't want to be gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender, none of them are licensed. Most of the ones I know, they're not licensed because, because it's Moloch. The APA is under Moloch, right? And some, and the, the few that I do know that work with people, they kind of do it under the radar. Um, do you want to say something? Um, sounds like my husband wants to say something. Um, well, I don't want to belabor this because I know that uh, we've got a title called Worldwide Persecution. And yeah, yeah. that is just want to speak to that persecution. Uh, try to do this very succinctly. Uh, you know, we're not a couple of haters sitting here and saying that we want all, you know, gays to turn straight. I mean, <clears throat> be whatever, that'd be good. But, you know, we're not condemning, you know, what someone does, uh, you know, in their bedroom, whatever. Ultimately, that's between you and God. Uh, I don't demand that all non-believers attend a worship service and pray and read their Bible. You know, that's that's a personal thing. What do we do? Uh, that's you know that's up to you. We're not forcing that on anybody. Where the flip side comes in is that those who aren't practicing the truth are demanding that those not like them celebrate what they do, endorse it, embrace it, and, you know, give it a, you know, a, a hall pass and every green light to go 
And it's like, no, I can't do that. And then this, and, and just the presence of me saying, I don't think that's good. And I, and believers shouldn't practice these things, shouldn't offer the children Molech, shouldn't, uh, you know, shouldn't, uh, practice homosexuality, shouldn't practice abortion, shouldn't practice, you know, drug abuse, shouldn't practice incest, shouldn't practice, you know, there are a lot of things believers shouldn't do. And just by saying that, that anyone who calls themselves a believer and is in fellowship shouldn't practice these things. Those who are outside of fellowship without God in this world are saying, you can't even say that, you can't think that, that's hate speech, that's, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's tantamount to murder. You have to shut up. Um, either you celebrate this or you, or you go away. And so there have been a lot of active moves. This Pray Away movie is just one of them uh, to, to silence a voice of disagreement. And the strongest voice of disagreement is coming from biblical Christians. Right. Biblical right. being the operative word. And by the way, I, you know, I have to tell you, look, my abuse, because I was offered up to Moloch as a child, impacts my husband, Right. You know, and, and Randall has incest in his background. You know, his family also has it. You know, so we came into our marriage with crap from the devil. Okay. And I, you know, forgive me for being so blunt about the, the delineation between the devil and God, but it, it needs to be called out for what it is. All right. So now this thing in Afghanistan, again, um, you know, Oh, geez, I don't even know where to begin with it. Um, Christians are persecuted every single day, okay? You're going with FAI or the uh, um, Afghan story? Well, let's, All the go, of Christ. Yeah, let's go with the, um, well, which one do you want to go with? <laughs> you say so. We got, we got like five minutes here. Okay. Let's go with Julie's. Okay. The, yeah, because I know someone. Um, so... The thing in Afghanistan is tragic, right? I mean, this is awful, tragic, horrible. Um, but I'm going to tell you something. It is nothing new, right? Christian persecution happens every single day all over the world. This is nothing new. It's just that this is being brought to the forefront now because of what Joe Biden and others in our government are doing. So this comes from Julie Royce, a, uh, a, a woman I trust. She actually has this on her blog, and I'm not going to have enough time to read it, but it's titled as Afghana, Af Afghan Government Collapses, Christians Work to Help Frontline Volunteers. <clears throat> Uh, it says here, for 13 years, John and Jan Bradley have focused on building schools and hospitals in Afghanistan. They've educated girls and provided state-of-the-art prosthetic legs for children who lost theirs in the decades-long war that has devastated the beautiful country the Bradleys love. On Sunday afternoon, Julie, or on Sunday afternoon, while John spoke via phone for this interview, Jan was on another call with contacts in the Southern Asian nation trying to help volunteers and colleagues leave the country. <clears throat> We're trying to get out 50, including family members, people who work with us and their families, John Bradley said. That number might grow. A lot of people are contacting us. We're trying to help as many as we can. The, the Bradleys, who worship with the College Hills Church of Christ in his hometown of Lebanon, Tennessee, have several contacts in Kabul, the capital, which fell Sunday to the Taliban. Others are in Jalalabad, which fell Saturday. One is in the mountainous area of 
east of Kabul called Nuristan. Another one is a young doctor we helped through medical school in the western Herat province. That's where our last two schools were built, John Bradley said, and he's there today working on COVID patients. Um, so anyway, bottom line is this is this is good news as far as the work that these guys have been doing over there as missionaries, but um, they're being persecuted, which is why they're fleeing, right? And there are some very tragic um, video. Janet Parshall actually tweeted out a little while ago. If you go to her Twitter feed, Parshall Talk, P-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, Talk, if you go there, um, if she hasn't blocked you, she blocked me. <laughs> By gods. Anyway, on her feed today, you can look at a video of young girls who are screaming and, and they're, they're pleading for their life because they know what they're going to do over there. They're going to rape. They're going to murder. Uh, they're going to behead Christians. Um, in our next hour, which we'll be doing in a couple minutes, I'm going to share with you a uh, thing about this continuing um, <clears throat> from another source that somebody sent me um, and all that. But for now, for this show, what I want to do is I just want to end the show by encouraging you to not grow heart in doing good. Not grow heart? Do not lose heart, rather. <laughs> I'm not perfect <laughs> in doing good. For in due time, you'll reap if you don't grow weary, people. That's from Galatians 6, 9, I think. Um, and, you know, if you've been abused, just consider the spiritual warfare over your own life that God has tried to out you and destroy you. Not God. The, the devil has tried to destroy you. But God wants to transform you, right? And that's what we're here to do. We're here to help you with that, whether it's by encouraging you in daily Bible reading or getting into a Bible study or getting some coaching to help you with that. Um, that's what we're here for, to help you look at what's going on, to encourage you and strengthen you in your faith. It's not all bad news. Right? Jesus is coming back. It might be sooner than most people think. Because, you know, it's getting pretty gnarly out there. But we don't have to be afraid. Right? We can choose to be afraid, but we don't have to be. Right? So anyway, if you like what we do, please go over to our, our website. Donate to us. We need uh, help with that. And um, we will see you in a little bit as we reboot the show for Hour 2 of Bible News Radio. Uh where our goal here is reaching the hearts of people one verse at a time. See you later.